surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. I've been challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Buzzy. The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast which we're aware of that bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilanteism, that is, Batman 66. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. Today, we are watching Season 2, Episode 2, Walk the Straight and Narrow, directed by Sherman Marks and written by Stanley Ralph Ross. Original air date was September 8th, 1966, and our special guest villain is the Archer, played by the Honeymooners Art Carney. Our one-sentence summary for those who came in late, the Archer arrives in Gotham City and begins robbing the rich to give to the poor, but soon changes tactics for personal gain. I, I was in love with this episode. I thought it was great. I liked it even more than... I thought I was going to. I read the Archer really grew on me as again, just thinking of him as Barney Rubble because of the uh, the honeymooners influence on the Flintstones. So imagining Barney Rubble going around with a bow and arrow trying to talk fancy made this really work for me. Yeah, and there was so many little things in this episode that I really liked. There was also one big thing which I wish would become just a regular aspect of the show. And I know you know what I mean. But I won't spoil it for listeners. I'm very excited to get to that part. I wrote in a big, big letters when it got to that part. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing twist. Um, the recap starts off strong though. Like this was the first time I ever injured myself watching a recap of Batman because they're telling what happened last episode, and it shows the part where Maid Marilyn drives up in her in her Trojan hearse truck, and she's eating some chicken, and it says. Batman and Robin meet a petty witch. And I shot yeah, it through my nose. <laughs> yeah, I did like that part. I wrote down, he called the chicken lady, not Mark McKinney, a petty wench. Yeah, it was... <laughs> it was pretty great. It was good. Uh, they, uh, they open the actual episode here. Again, Batman and Robin are tied to stakes. Uh, about to be run through with lances by men on horseback, you know, like a duel. And uh... <laughs> yes, because we ended last episode with the archer smacking Batman in the face with his glove and challenging him to a duel for his honor, which I've only ever seen Homer Simpson do that before. <laughs> so I was amused. Yeah. And just like the rules of dueling, uh, one of them gets tied to uh, a big post <laughs> to make it a fair duel. Gotham City rules. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down, why are they charging them from so far away? Because this is like the Monty Python charging the castle scene where they just keep replaying the same clip and the guy never gets any closer. 
right. until all of a sudden he's on top of them and killing people. And there's three of them with with gigantic javelins like racing towards Batman and Robin. Are they going to stab one of them twice? They should. It should be Robin. They're they're, yeah, they're going to throw one one to Robin to have him like chewing on it so that he's distracted so they can <laughs> stab him and he won't move. Speaking of, speaking of Robin being crazy, this just happened this morning. Uh, last night, somebody posted in one of the Batman Facebook groups a picture of himself with Burt Ward. And, and I commented, did he try to bite you? Or was, was he actually acting when he was playing Robin and just pretending to be crazy? And the guy didn't get it. I don't think he's ever seen the show, maybe. Uh, but even when I explained what I was talking about, he's like, I have no idea what you mean. He was like, what are you like, talking about? It's a picture of me. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. He, he, it was bad. It was a funny picture. So was I was misled into reading this book called The Way We All Became the Brady Bunch that I thought was going to explain the appeal of the Brady Bunch. I mean, I get the appeal of the Brady Bunch, but I mean, it's better than reading legitimate books. Um, but the part I just read yesterday, the person who wrote it was talking about how um, they really worked the actors' char- characters into the, like, they really worked Barry Williams' personality into Greg, and they really worked Susan <laughs> Olsen's personality into Cindy. And I was like, I really hope that wasn't the case with Batman. They were like, Robin's kind of a blank slate. Here you go, Bert. See what you can bring to it. Uh, and then they were like, Jesus Christ, dial it back. They turned the lights on and he got spooked and just started fear biting. Yep. <laughs> All of the punching and screaming is just him personally. <laughs> Uh, so whatever random guy on Facebook <laughs> watch the show why don't you um, he plays so Batman <laughs> we get a little speech here by Batman about uh, things always being darkest before the dawn uh, which is I don't know it was meant to be poetic or just give them something to do before they activate the bat springs but spoiler alert they activate the bat springs by like clicking their heels together. Yeah, it's very it Batman and Robin, like the movie. Yeah. And if There's he has no bat like springs home. already, why did he need to go through all this speech and all this waiting around? Like when they were taking 30 minutes mounting up their horses and getting their javelin, because you know that was not in any way efficient. They could have just sprung off of the giant post and run off into the woods. Yeah. Or gone and, you know, fought him some more yeah. or gone for an actual duel. Let's go and get our car and make this duel even match. I do love, though, the bat springs, the sound they make is very similar again. This is what they think springs sound like. Or maybe that's what springs did sound like in 66. I don't know. It's like a laser sound. Yeah. We've mentioned very, it a few times. It's very, uh, yeah, it's very futuristic sounding. Then I wrote, that's what made me question myself like were springs new technology in 1966 (laughs) they're like magnets nobody understands how they work but they're really cool and they make a neat sound jumping on the trampoline was like going to the future (laughs) yeah it was pretty silly although they they called them jumpolines until my mom got on one in 1967 then it became Um, trampoline i love though when they land so they they have the spring effect. We get the spring sound effect. And then when they land, they're act. you can tell they're acting like they're still bouncing on springs. <laughs> yeah. it, it was adorable. <laughs> I really liked that a lot. 
my my favorite part of this episode so far and i say so far because it's just a great episode and there was a lot in it is like immediately after that happens the archer rides up and he's like oh i see you sprung yourself free or whatever and he's like made Marilyn, give me a laugh and she can't manage to hold both her chicken wing and the <laughs> laugh box so she drops his his little um like his little pre-recorded laughs and cheers recording yeah. machine and he's like yeah. oh god well done does my criminal career well first first he calls him the sheriff of gothingham which i thought was pretty i'm on board for that spinoff yeah batman in the robin hood times is the sheriff of gothingham that or was, like just in the park in modern day or then modern day and like he breaks up shakespeare in the park meetings and like hippies having sit-ins <laughs> yeah and he says Marilyn, push the cheer button is what he says i think it oohed when she dropped it i think that as it hit the ground it made like an ooh like yeah. audience sound and yeah. i was i thought that was clever and then I he called it, it his... great that he's like he was just so visibly upset by it he's like well there goes my entire gimmick. That's the arrow thing I can do without. But that, that was my thing. He called it his ego-making machine, which I thought was like meta. Like yeah. was, was was Batman commenting on laugh tracks as a whole? Like maybe the producers weren't fans of sitcoms, Phil, you know, that used laugh tracks. Well, they don't, don't noticeably. So, I mean, I think that's part of why the show works so well. But it also works on two levels because... It doesn't have a laugh track, so kids who watched it weren't like, "Oh, that's supposed to be funny." So, but I wonder if that was like a that was a thing they thought out beforehand, or if they ever really intended to hit kids with the with the appeal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I thought it was a clever. I thought calling a, a laugh track an ego making machine was like, oh, shots yeah. fired. Yeah, Stanley Ralph the... Ross was like, "Fuck you and your fake laughter." <laughs> And also, fuck you, studio audience. They're right like there, it. Stanley. I see them. I'll meet each and every one of them in the parking lot if they don't laugh at my show. You get a personal insult. And you get a personal <laughs> insult. If you look under your chair. Uh, yes. If you look under your chair, you'll see that I've given each of you a personalized card that I spit in. <laughs> I like it. Uh so they ride off on horseback. Robin wants to go after him. He's eager to punch. He hasn't punched anybody in like 15 minutes now. So he's like, he's like, I can try to go with girls. <laughs> he would try too. <laughs> like when he chased the helicopter in the, in the Mr. Freeze episode, uh, chased it on foot. <laughs> little psycho. Um, so instead, <laughs> so, so instead, they chase. Uh, instead of chasing after him, they got to go check on Alfred. They got to free him. Yeah, they run off as awkwardly as as they could possibly do to go rescue Alfred, who's like eight feet away. Yeah, and he's already getting up. He's on. He doesn't need your help. He's like, I don't need your help. My worst day. <laughs> I got this, fool. Uh, so they go off. <laughs> they got to go chat. I, I wrote confront. I don't know if they're really confronting him, but they got to go have a chat with uh, Thurston Howell the Third here. I wrote, What's his name? They have to go talk to stroke victim Thurston Howell. <laughs> oh, Alan H. Dale is his name in the show. They got to ask him about the money. Hey, you got to know what's going on here. He's like, yes, Bruce Wayne is dull, but he's not stupid. He knows what I'm doing. Like, it's 
Yeah, he just completely shits on Bruce Wayne in front of Batman, and Batman's like, well. Yes, well. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I, we find out here, this is the first time we get a, we get to know what's going on. So the, the charity plan here isn't to build social programs or help them get a leg up or anything. They're just dividing the $10 million by 100,000 poor people in Gotham City. That's the charity. They're yeah. just giving... All you poor people line up. When we call your name, we'll give you a hundred dollars. And they show this but, later in the episode, and it's exactly the catastrophe you'd imagine it would be. Yeah. People screaming yeah. and a riot, the whole bit. Here you go, poor people. Here's a nickel. That'll hold you. I think this will go well. That was my terrible stroke, Thurston House Thurston <laughs> impression. That wasn't bad. I did you notice here they, there's a scene or there's a bit here where they're talking to him. He goes over, he's got a decanter on his desk or on a on a side table that you'd normally find booze in, but it's got water in it. Yeah. I and, he, that. and he pours and he pours the water and he like dabs it on a, a napkin. And then he just like stuffs it up his sleeve after. <laughs> like, like that's right up there with Robin like coughing in his napkin and then like wiping his face with it. Let's go visit that unhygienic weirdo, Alan H. Dale. Yeah, and he is weird. Robin's like, the money's coming in in an armored truck. Is it coming in? Is the money in cash? That's a stupid question. But he's like, yes, quite. Hmm. So I like they leave up on talking to him because they couldn't take it anymore. Being, you know, that Batman is comparatively stable. He's like, I can't do any more of this. And they go to walk out. And Robin, like, punches his fist so loud it echoes to the whole room. <laughs> yeah. He really wants to punch him. But Batman's like, well, he came to the Wayne Foundation very highly recommended, so we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll no man's honesty. Of my doubt. That doesn't make any sense, Robin. I don't make any sense. You don't make any sense. Well, and you know if this guy was poor, they would have been punching him and batteranging him a long time ago. Robin would have like, been, like, been let's try some advanced interrogation techniques. By that I mean I jump on his back and hit him on the head till he confesses. <laughs> yeah, but he's rich, so they got to give him the benefit of the doubt that uh, no man's honesty should be suspect without good cause, unless he's poor. Yes, Batman, protector of the one percent, makes sense to me. And now, now we get the gang, the Archer's gang uh, again. The chicken lady's cooking chicken. She's obsessed with chicken. Yeah. She's got like a little hobo stove set up. <laughs> she's like and she's cooking her own chicken. Cooking on a little stove. Yeah, she's got sauce there and everything. It's really funny. But they're in, they revealed they're hiding out in the basement of police headquarters. And I thought that was such a good idea. Yeah, they had to lock the door from the outside. So now Hero was like, well, sure. And I guess I find another bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. It is a good hiding place because the police are stupid, but you never know. Like, <laughs> it uh, Dick Clark might show up That's looking for a place to do his laundry. By that I mean Commissioner Gordon's house. Does anybody know where he lives? <laughs> Pretty sure he lives in the police department. Well, that's sad as hell. Let's go. <laughs> There's a pretty funny line here, too. Uh, the chicken lady's like, ah, come off it, Archer. We come from the same neighborhood. And he's like, be thou silent, wench. <laughs> that was pretty good. Archer is so delightfully sad. 
And I love how May Marilyn just like she just subtly highlights it. Like, yeah, he's completely fake. Yeah, it is. It is funny because he keeps he keeps being after her to talk fancy, but his fancy talking is like saying thee and thou and foolishness like that. Like, yeah. He read a Thor comic book. <laughs> That's fantastic. Barney Rubble meets Thor. I love that. That was like. Stan Lee, who I just cannot praise enough for doing absolutely no research, he was like, I could probably go find out how Vikings talked or, you know, do just a hour in the library and come away from this much more closer to the source of what I'm trying to do. But instead, I'll just put F on the end of everything and have him say thee and thou interchangeably. Well, if it's good enough for Stan Lee, it's good enough for the archer. They should have used that in the movies, just had Thor spouting that constantly. And then the other characters could have just stared at him with their mouths open and been like, oh, okay. Ah, come off it, Thor. We come from the same neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Come Doodles on, Thor. A... We're all from Australia. <laughs> uh, Doodles here has a good line. He's like, uh, I parked our horses in the stables with the sheriff's horses, so we garner the benefit of free lodging for our steeds. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 po the so police sad. department the, the police department has stables garage but yeah <laughs> and big john i didn't write down big john's lines here but i did write down that he must have gone to the porno lurch school of acting <laughs> <laughs> uh. then they get a knock at the door I wrote, who is it, Dick Clark? Because, again, he also lives in the police station. Yeah. Uh, but no, Let it wasn't me, Dick I have Clark. To <laughs> My show's about to start. Can I interview you? Um, yeah. But no, it was Thurston Howell. Wow, so we, we find out he's in cahoots with the baddies here. He comes in and makes like a gang sign and says Howell. Like he has no idea what they're supposed to be doing. He's English and doesn't get there doing Robin Hood. Yeah, it was a little weird. He comes in and he warns them about Batman and Robin, Robin, but he says something about a sticky wicket. And they're just like, how dareth thou speaketh like this? Thou not understand sticky wicketing. And there's a, I think it must have been improv because it was, no one would have written that shit. It was weird. One of the things about this show, if you haven't picked up yet, is it runs on everybody but Alfred is an idiot, and that includes the villains. So while Alan H. Dale may be very proud of himself and, you know, can feel like he's pretty, pretty got a lot, a lot of things on the ball compared to that idiot Bruce Wayne, he's also barely functional. Yeah, that's true. We see that here as well because he comes up and he dips his finger in the chicken sauce next to the little hobo grill. Yeah. And jams tastes his mouth. It. Yeah, and he's like, oh, mm, that's good. And I was like, well, you better hope that that wasn't marinating the chicken because that's a good way to get salmonella there pal yeah. <laughs> you don't you're gonna wish the rest of the episode because he dies of salmonella <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna wish you just coughed in your towel and wiped it on your face aren't you when you get salmonella that's some good old-fashioned e coli yeah. uh, so mr howell here tells them where the armored car is gonna be so next scene is the armored car robbery and one and of the dumbest things we've seen a villain do so far with the arrows. With the, with the stupid sideways arrows? Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that. 
I made yeah. them myself in the prison machine shop. Aha! And he shoots them, and they just go around the corner because they have a because they're crooked. Yeah, it's a slightly dumb. crooked arrow. Like that would just fly straight and fall. Yeah, it wouldn't fly very far at all. It would just like bleh, would arrows dribble. are designed the way they're designed so that they actually go forward. If you bend it, it would just like go a little bit shorter distance and then collapse to the ground. It wouldn't go around a corner. Yeah. But they aim them very well, thanks to the magic of television. So they shoot gas arrows, or an exploding arrow to stop the car, and then gas arrows. But these guards are way better at getting gassed than Alfred. And they have they just run guns. through it. Yeah, they just run through it. They don't even breathe. They just don't breathe the gas in, I guess. They're like, oh, a mysterious vapor. Don't inhale. Yeah. So they're distracted enough, though, for... Uh, Marilyn to run up and steal the truck with all of her truck driving experience that she's garnered in the previous episode. Chicken so in her mouth. They run away. Time. Yeah. So they drive away. Uh, stop nearby, though, and don't really take the jostle the money around. They kind of didn't make it too clear what had happened. If they switched out the money here or if they hid in it, I'm not really sure what the what the deal yeah, was. it wasn't clear what they were supposed to be doing. Like they just kind of went in when they were like, "Ah, money, let's go." Yeah. So yeah, we we moved your truck ten feet. Ha ha ha. I think now that I think about it, they just said the money was jostled around. They obviously didn't have time to switch it out. So I'm guessing they hid themselves in the money and then did their did their scheme later. Let's hide in the money like Scrooge McDuck. I do. I did notice here when I watched it that when they come to the truck, when the guards catch up with the truck and notice the money is jostled, the armored car is labeled armored transportation, not like a company logo, but it has like a Wayne Foundation label on it in several spots that just says armored transportation. I didn't notice that, but yeah, it's the generic yeah. armored car company. But it wasn't, but it had, I think it had other labels on it, but then it had like, stuck on armored transportation like this is the armored transportation not the armored transportation company but again everything needs a label somebody walked through for continuity and just this is armored transportation uh they probably have horse labels on the horses you know what you i mean those it was... wait wait stop checks yeah you know, here yeah. you go yeah put this one in your car so we know what it is yeah, it have cars that say car yeah so then we get uh commissioner gordon calls bruce wayne uh, to remind him to go to the poor people money thing. Yeah. Don't forget and to Bruce go to like, the poor people money money giveaway. Yeah, uh, thank you, like, personal assistant. Yes. He's like, right, of course I'll be there. And then Gordon's like, hey, Batman and Robin are going to be there too. It's like, uh-oh, how is this going to happen? I bet it's going to be Three's Company-ish. I hope so. At least I was hoping so, but it got even better than I expected. First, there's a weird bit here where he has to talk to Harriet to like make his typical excuse, but it was creepy and weird, and I didn't like it. It was off-putting <laughs> for sure. He was, was like, like oh, I haven't given oh, him anything to unsettle Aunt Harriet recently. <laughs> yeah, so here he goes, full steam ahead. Uh, something's come up that requires my attention. Dicks, too. And I was like, ew, nobody wants to hear about that, Bruce. Gross. I think you may have repressed was... some memories of me molesting your nephew in the woods. Well, in that case, let me just say. Yeah, here you go. Front and center. That's totally happening. Right. 
So they go to the bat poles here. Alfred, meet us in the bat cave. Uh, sure thing. There's a bit where you can tell Alfred wants to go down the pole, but then he's like, oh, right. I'll remember my place. Yeah. So I'll he take over and run the city soon. But then there's a switch. There's a lever that gets flipped here, and it's like negate Bruce's change. So they come down the, the poles, and Robin's in costume, but Batman is not. He's Bruce Wayne. Furthering the idea a... that their their costumes are just shot at them like one of those t-shirt cannons at like yeah. games. But then I noticed at the scene where they land at the bottom, it looks like the switch is at like at shoulder height at the bottom of the thing. So I don't know when he flipped it. It was it looks like the sign is labeled or the lever is labeled negate Bruce change lever, and it's right at the bottom of the thing. So it turns back time. I'm not really sure. But it was yeah. a funny lever. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those. In case he wanted to do it at the bottom, like, oh, here you go. You still have, you still have time. You can undo this yeah. still. It moves yeah, it with the weird. with the pole. Maybe. That's a good idea. So he negates his change, so he didn't get his costume shot at him. Only Robin did. So then they're in the cave when, when Alfred walks up and he's like, "We're trying to figure out how Batman and Bruce Wayne can be in the same place at the same time." Undercover butler, that's how. I like that she made a mouth noise for the theme song when you have an actual theme song she just put there. Oh, well, I'm going to put the theme song in. But that was the excited, like, horn blowing. <laughs> under, like, big reveal. That's how I, I wrote Undercover gonna Butler. Like, I'm going to make the noise in my mouth, and then I'll also put the recording in after that. Oh, the theme song is going full blast right now. You can believe it. But I also needed the excitement because I don't have I had to do it with my mouth I don't have my own machine like like the like archer the his own hype man the machine yeah. with a lady with some chicken so yeah Bruce Wayne says Alfred the only way to have Batman and Robin or Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same place at the same time is for you to change clothes and yeah it usually is be. they have to call Superman to come wear Batman's costume but this is so much better Oh, Alfred should be Batman, 100%. Yeah. He's yeah. the greatest. He would actually so again, like solve the crime problem in Gotham. <laughs> exactly. Probably later that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, Warden Crichton's been fired, and all of the criminals are safely behind bars. How'd you manage that, Alfred? Well, sir, I am not a nincompoop. <laughs> exactly. So instead, we get undercover butler. Undercover is Batman. So now Bruce Wayne is at the giving money to the poor ceremony. Uh, you would expect a big check presentation and then like social programs to be installed to, you know, shelter and help train them and get them, give them a, a hand up. Instead, they're just going to give them fistfuls of cash. Yeah. In reverse al alphabetical order, each poor person gets $100. <laughs> it's so great. Handed to them. <laughs> Yeah, here, yeah, here. in a ceremony. Here you all... now, Here's your new future. I don't see. They said it's 100,000 poor people. I don't see the extras. They didn't have the budget to have 100,000 actual poor people. So we get like six here. Yeah, it's, it's, first, it's a small number. Uh, first, Bruce Wayne is talking to uh, Thurston Howell III here, Mr. Dale. He's like, I hey, hear we almost lost the money. He's like, yes, but they didn't. No thanks to... Batman and Robin, I'd hate to see what would happen if they had to be the ones who protected us. <laughs> like, he's just weird. 
He's like, we almost lost the money. Yes, but we didn't. And then Bruce is like, well, I see you're a wonderful conversationalist. (laughs) I'd hate to see what would have happened if we had to rely on those two. And then he points up to the top of a building uh, where we have undercover Butler and Robin surveying the situation. Yeah, and Robin like taps Alfred on the chest and he's like, suck it in, old man. Do you not know who you work with? Yeah, no, he says, puff up your chest and look virile. And I thought, I thought oh, Alfred's going to kill this kid. I, it was great. You know, think, like how Adam does. Yeah, I think Alfred looks better in the costume than Bruce does. I think he looks in better shape than uh, than Bruce here. That wouldn't take much, though. That's true. And then we can, so who's giving out the money to the poor people, Kyle? Do you know? This is amazing. Uh, the screaming old man who went to who went to college with Commissioner Gordon. Yes, this is Mr. Rowland, the Gotham City Commissioner in charge of poor people. Yes. <laughs> That's his title. The Gotham City Commissioner in charge of poor people. And all of his speech is like he leans into the microphone and screams. And then Commissioner Gordon's like, I went to school with him. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> What the? You I barely finished sixth grade. It's a commissioner in charge of poor people. That's a T-shirt. That's going to be a T-shirt in our store soon. Yeah, you can buy commissioner in charge around of poor people and get canceled. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So yes, we're going to hand out the money to you, poors, in reverse alphabetical order. One of the poor people they see gathered around, they get a bunch of hobos like combing their beards and stuff, all like patting each other on the back, waiting to go up to get their their $100, their windfall. How are and, you going to grab your money? I'm going to use my left hand. Well, I'm going to use my both <laughs> hands. You owe me your $100 because you didn't paint my chicken coop. Make me, you know, like they're, yeah, they're obviously exaggerated hobo type poor people. Very but, Simpsons level hobos, yes. But one of them looks like the skipper from Gilligan's Island again. And I was like, Oh my goodness, is that the same rich guy? Did he give all of his money to that lady in the bikini and now he's poor and he wants $100? <laughs> I was hoping to be one of those cherry hookers. Well, then I thought having the skipper here was confused. Like, between the skipper and Thurston Howell III, do, do they have a bone to pick with Gilligan's Island? Yeah. it's it, The whole show is really just premised on gr- an axe-grinding thing against Gilligan's Island. That's the whole purpose. That's season two. Well, I guess the first one was in season one. Okay, so Batman as a whole, yeah. Just a big shot. Just a big F you to the Gilligan's Island crew. <laughs> Never meet up with them in the commissary. There's going to be a fight at the studio. Not a good so, fight the... or an exciting fight or a fight <laughs> in any way a danger to anyone, but a fight of sorts. A fight nonetheless. So the skipper doesn't get called up at some other homeless dude. But wait a minute. What are you trying to pull here? This money is fake. I think he even looks at it with a magnifying glass and sees that it's got, it's like Archer dollars. Yeah, it's got Art Carney's face on it. He printed up some dollars. Every criminal's like, they've really gone from, you know, from the days of buying a vending machine company or starting a seafood restaurant to, now we're going to print up our own money. But it's in an effort to steal $10 million. So that's at least like an actual 
some sort of crime. crime. <laughs> yeah, especially in 1966 dollars. Like that's got to be a a hundred million. Oh yeah, I could do the the inflation conversion, but I'm just yeah. plain not going to. We'll say it's a it's a solid grillion. Yeah. So that's it, Commissioner. We got to get Batman and Robin down here immediately to look into this. So there's the okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. By the way, I, Bruce Wayne has to go. He's gonna go check the uh, the insurance company to make sure they're gonna cover this ten million dollar loss. I don't yeah, think Bruce they are, basically but... says Bruce Wayne has to go. <laughs> well, Bruce but Wayne don't... has to go now. As soon as yeah. you start referring to yourself in third person, Bruce, oh, it's just one of my many eccentric affectations. <laughs> it's something rich people do. <laughs> That's right. You will never understand, commoner. I've been I've been surrounded by these pores for too long. I need to get out of here. <laughs> None of them there's no time yet, and I feel less important. Look, everyone, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> there's no there's no time for him to change into the bat suit. Uh, so Robin's gonna have to take the lead on this investigation. Bruce gives undercover butler a voice changing bat speech imitator, a bat yeah. speech voice imitator. Uh, so he's like, you're going to have to take it from here. He's like, oh, this will effectively hide my mustache. Uh, so he stands back on the corner. Robin goes up to talk to the commissioner. Like, why Why isn't Batman coming here? I miss him. I could use a hug. I like when he's close to me and I can feel his body heat. Yeah. He's like, ah, Batman has a cold. He might be contagious. He doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want to infect you. Not like me. I want to cough on a napkin and then wipe your face with it. <laughs> when I get sick, that's what I want to do. Not like me. I'm a dirty little chimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Batman is much more thoughtful uh, when it comes to his germs than Robin is. Batman's allowed inside, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, Gordon here's like, oh, Batman looks thinner. And I wrote, yeah, and more virile. And a foot so, taller. Uh, <laughs> Have him eat his vegetables. That's police work in Gotham City. Well, you yeah. tell Batman if he's not feeling good to eat his vegetables. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon tells Robin, run over and tell the violent vigilante to make sure he eats his vegetables. I will, Commissioner. <laughs> yeah. You're all nuts. Yeah, exactly. And then Thurston howls like, well, I'm off. Uh, time for a hearty handshake. And then he's, he's taken off. So back in the Batcave... Our dynamic trio is is there. They have a bat crime computer now. It's not the bat anti-crime computer. So I like that they're shortening things. That's a big that's a big deal for me. So the bat crime computer. But they gotta discuss this here. They can't spend the money. The serial numbers are marked, they're sequential. Uh they have a little discussion of uh Swiss banking laws and things. Yeah, they pretty much stopped the show to pull a whole, hey, did you know that Monopoly or Wizard of Oz is about the gold standard? <laughs> I've still never heard that. The only time I've heard that is from you, but I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Don't, don't. It'll it'll completely take away any sense of childhood joy you have. I do like Alfred here, because he's like, where could they? Mm, I believe the word is stash it. I love Alfred. <laughs> So I yes, believe the word the curmudgeons and thugs use <laughs> is stash. Yeah. So they determine Switzerland. Uh, of course, that must be it. They're going on a... They're definitely going to take a boat uh, to Europe. So to the bat boat. They got to pay for the, that boat somehow. That's right. It's left over from the movie. We might as well use it. 
Money's already spent. Come, let's go. Yeah. So they race in the Batmobile to the Batboat. We get a cutout here. Uh, get a, a traffic cop directing traffic as the Batmobile races by. And some uppity lady in a convertible is like, why does Batman get to drive so fast? If I did that, I'd be in jail for the rest of my life. <laughs> when I drunkenly run down children, you're all, here's a ticket, lady. I have to show <laughs> right. you some boob. <laughs> yeah, she's right offended. And, and then, then but the, she... the traffic cop's like, shut up, woman. Here's why. Batman's great and we love him. And then there's a crowd cheering. And I was like, I thought at first the archer had come back and they, that was how they were going to announce him. Like they were playing his little, his, his ego making box. No, like the crowd stopped that stopped for Batman careening through the streets, cheered the cop's speech they somehow heard. Yeah, it was great. It was a great speech too. It's like, lady, I can assure you, Batman, Shut up, he's woman. not. Oh, pistol with you, cockeye. <laughs> I can assure you, lady, when Batman isn't chasing a violent criminal, He's the safest driver on the road. In fact, he gives speeches and presentations on traffic safety in his spare time. No, I can assure you, if Batman is driving fast, he's taking his own life into his hands for the good of all Gotham City. And then everyone cheers. It's not that, but it's something like that. And it was Meanwhile, fun. what do you do? Burn a casserole every Tuesday? <laughs> Does your husband know you're speaking and driving? Who lets Get you home? out? Yeah, and then they applaud. You use your big girl words and tell me who let you out of your pen. <laughs> so they arrive, uh, take the bat pole, the the mobile bat pole to the bat boat. The and mobile get to bat see pole Arch is just bat is just a pole. Like it's, yeah. it's just like a pole next to a ladder. Yeah, it's weird that there's just a pole there. And they named it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like an escalator named. next to the where the boat is. Like there's the, there's a ladder that goes down. And there's just this big red thing. But they could have gone down that, but instead they had to slide down the pole, which probably took about, the same amount of time. Yeah, they're all about poles. That's fine. We see on the boat now, we get a lot of nautical talk here, a lot of random gibberish from Archer trying to sound fancy. It's yeah, gimmick. he's basically doing a Superman from Super Friends and going, Adams. But in this case, he's going, Anchor. Gangplank porthole, and of course, uh, chicken lady's like, well, I'm going downstairs to the kitchen. And chicken lady has done her hair up like a like a uh, a mom from the '90s for some reason in this scene. Yeah, I'm not, probably so she doesn't get chicken juice in it. Yeah, um, but he's like, oh, no, it's the galley below decks. Doodle Beaver's like, I'm just glad to be busy. <laughs> Thurston Howell is there. He's pretty excited. Um, bat, they pull up with the bat boat. There happens to be just a ladder hanging off the side of the boat, which that was bad planning. I mean, yeah, had they pulled that up, this would have been they would have been escaped. They'd be in Switzerland with ten million dollars in nineteen sixty six dollars right now. And then they have the most like anticlimactic beginning of a fight in the entire course of the series. So Batman and Robin get on the boat and. Archer's like, what ho, men? Look, look, Taoist. Tis Batman and Robin. Come yonder. Let us fire our arrows at them. And then they slowly, like, art like knock their arrows and take aim. And Batman and Robin slowly unfold their shield. And it's yeah. all like, okay, so we're going to do this and take a break. 
Yeah, they do. They duck down. They unfold the bat shield, rendering the arrows useless. So then I mean, it's time for a... moving out of the way would have rendered the arrows useless. <laughs> well, you never know. He's a master archer. So that's it. Get is out he... your swords, gentlemen. Is he a master archer? I don't or know. Is he just acts... some guy who bought a bow and arrow set. Well, he's got magic arrows, so I feel like he's some <laughs> kind of archer. And he was splitting arrows with Alfred. He was he keeping up with Alfred. He's magic, you see. He is he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. He is what would happen if Barney Rubble took an archery class. <laughs> and then made some fancy arrows in the prison machine shop. Yeah, you know how the prison movie. machine shop lets you build weapons? That's what they're known for in, That's in prison right. is letting you make weapons. Warden Crichton's terrible at his job. You probably let him practice, too, in his off time. He's probably like, now if you're going to be a criminal, you should take some care in your craft and make sure you make good quality weapons. Let me show you well, how. Yeah. He probably would, because he wants to protect the money he's giving them. <laughs> I've letting... lost $10 million this quarter. All because you keep yeah, losing your money. Build a better arrow that goes around corners. Yeah. I need you to find so, some way to defy physics. Well, these arrows being useless, they to toss down their bows and pull out swords. So it's time for a good old-fashioned Surf Kings of Gotham. The old fight words recap. Tis fighting words. Yeah, this fight we get... What? See what I did there? Good. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, it is. In this fight, we get bangeth, whacketh, thwack with an E. Uh, we get clankest. We get clange, which I think is clang with an E on the end, as they're in the habit of doing this story. Cruncheth, zappeth. Ocheth and Whammoth. This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham. Fight words recap. I think the clange is also a social disease. It could be. I'm Bruce not sure. Wayne's had the clange. <laughs> Probably. That's Robin why Alfred will never get the about... clange. <laughs> Alfred thought twice about sharing the bat suit. That's right. So there's a this was a pretty good fight. Here on the boat, there's lots of action. Yeah. Although the uh, chicken lady hands swords to to Batman and Robin through the through the window. Yeah, she gives Robin a, a dangerous sharp thing that can't be smart. Well, she's behind. She's safely behind the wall. Yeah, I'm not gonna die. Yeah, she, Have a good time. Yeah, she wants to fare, but then so that's nice. She keeps the fight fair by giving them swords, but then as soon as all the the bad guys lose their swords. Batman's like, well, fair is fair, and they throw their swords away. Yeah, Robin, as opposed to just holding can... them at the start point and wrapping it up. Yeah. Robin's like, ah, I haven't killed anybody yet. Come on, let me keep my sword. But no. And then That's Archer the like, decides to run up to a place where he can't get out of for some reason, and Robin goes after him and grabs him on the stairway, and then like goes up there and starts just wailing on this poor old man. <laughs> and yeah. then finally... Well, he turns the tables and strangles him, and I was like, yeah, get him. Fuck him up. <laughs> choke, choke Robin out, but then Batman comes and helps him out. Damn you, Batman. You and your keeping your teen partners safe. 
That's so unlike the comic book depiction of you where they die for another issue. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They probably couldn't find another actor to work as cheap as they got Burt Ward, Burt Ward for, so they don't want to kill him off. Yeah. Look, we're af- not- we're afraid of where this might go if we got a if we evolved into a new version of Robin, so we're just gonna stay with you. Yeah, they don't want to draw it's not as easy as just drawing a different teenage runaway. And to be fair, they don't never really draw a different teenage runaway. It's always kind of the same thing. All all teenage runaways look the same to Bruce Wayne. They all have this little horseshoe curl in front of their hair and they're all kind of diminutive and stupid looking. There you go, I drew an orphan for you. <laughs> so after the bad guys are on ice, we get an archery lesson at Wayne Manor. Bruce and Dick are out shooting arrows at a target. Uh, they're not hitting the bullseye because they're not. They're not. Yeah, they're really archers. bad at this. Uh, at least they hit the target. They weren't crazy bad, and they hit like right next to each other. And which they comes didn't in hit handy. And Harriet, so that's a plus. They didn't. This is my one of my favorite things though, because I really gave this some some thought. So Alfred comes up, and he's going to give them a lesson in archery, and he is insisting. He really wants Dick to go stand in front of the target with an apple on his head. Like he wants, because he's mad at him from earlier with the whole puff up your chest and be virile thing. And probably about stealing his dimes for the whole last season to go smoking or whatever. Oh, virile, you you little psychopath. Yeah, he's he's really had enough of Dick. So he's like, please, come on, I'm really good at this. You've seen me in action. Go stand there with this apple on your head. And, And there's a little bit of tension in the scene. And then Bruce is like, no, no, don't do that. It's like, oh, fine. So they go set the apple up on the arrows that are already shot into the target. And then just like spitefully, you can see it. Alfred wants to send a message here. He's really proving it to Dick, like not to fuck with me. So he shoots and doesn't hit the apple. Instead, he shoots right where Dick's head would have been, like right between the eyes, just under the apple. (laughs) And then he's like, well, guess you know how I feel about you now. And like turns around and walks away. See you inside. Yeah, he's asserting his dominance for sure. Like, I'll teach you to steal from me. It's the arrow-based equivalent of like of like Alfred making him roll over and show him his belly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that could have easily been you, you little shit. <laughs> keep testing me. You just keep on. <laughs> Next, there's going to be a horse's head in your bed when I make it. so that was episode two of season two i forget the title of this one but whatever it was called this was that one what are our ratings for this episode Uh, walk the straight and narrow that's what it was called walk the straight and narrow well on the batman scale of effectiveness i think it's got to be pretty high just for the amount of time that alfred was batman to me that's like oh it's one of his yeah. most effective things was letting Alfred wear the, let him don the cowl, so to speak. They directly involved Alfred, and that immediately improved their score. Yeah. So I don't know. Wasn't adult help this time? I see. That's got yeah. That's got to be the first ten in the history of the Batman scale. <laughs> I don't. See, I can't see them surpassing letting Alfred be Batman. <laughs> Let's just let Alfred do it. Is the best move possible. <laughs> that's right. What about our Robin scale of viciousness? Well, he did a lot of really, really aggressive punching, like yeah. into his palm and stuff, and 
I don't but, know, but he was kind he didn't of, jump on anybody's back and punch them in the head until they fell down. No, he was relatively normal in the fight scenes. I think that new prescription's working for him. Maybe. He didn't uh Yeah. He got put in his place at the end by Alfred, so I don't know, maybe he's uh is he like a six or something? Yeah, that's that feels good. And on our Warden Crichton scale of progressive penology. I mean their plan was actually pretty like this was just a straight up ten million dollar armored car heist. Yeah, it was actually that's, a plan. That's a, that's a that's a pretty good plan. They yeah. had a rich guy involved. They almost got away. Like they were on a boat ready to get away with it. So like this seemed I mean, like something you would see on a crime show. It it it, it wasn't a crazy old Spaniard fritters away ten million dollars on a vending machine company to get people free money. Yeah. I mean, there was still silliness about it, like the homeless people, like line up homeless people in reverse alphabetical order. Here, here's your one hundred dollars to save you from poverty. It was but that like, was still Gotham City's government, not on the Archer. Yeah, I mean, the Archer was pretty terrible. Like he's not, he's not good. Uh, no, but, his but he at least had a legitimate like, plan. Yeah, Doodles was good, but Doodles the plan on. on just on the plan level, yeah, we could probably give this a nine. Yeah, this I, I first thought this was not gonna this was gonna be a weak start to the season. When it when it first started, I was like, oh god, archers. But then as it went on, I was like, this is pretty great. I have high hopes. Yeah, yeah, it ended up pretty good. So yeah, that does it for season season two, episode two. Yeah. Walking like straight in there. more of these to go because they double down this season. I like it. Then next season it retracts severely because you got greedy, Martin. <laughs> That's right. But no, Rock right. a good start. Do we have any we socials to tell them about? Absolutely. As always, you can check us out on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're also on YouTube at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows. And one of these days, boy, you're gonna see a website. Our show on shows.com. And we're progressively working towards pushing all these things and advertising these things and making you more aware of these things so that your friends can get involved. And then you can say, I was into it before anyone knew it existed. Yeah. Before uh before the end of the season, you know, 62 more episodes, we might have uh we might have a picture on our Instagram or something. <laughs> watch, hey. out, watch out for that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're thought leaders now. <laughs> that's right. It's all influencers. Over, I'm an influencer. Yeah, that's the Hindu society. <laughs> they went out with a not so much a whimper, <laughs> but a weird mewling cat noise. <laughs> 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 uh, so that's we as off putting as the cat woman. That's right. We will see you <laughs> next episode. Same bat time. Same bat podcatcher of your choice. Until then, this has been Surf Kings of Gotham. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Surf King of Gotham. <laughs>